Welcome to the Retro Blood. You are all my children now. You want to know what happens to an eyeball when it gets You got any idea how much blood jets out of a guy's neck? You've come back to us, Michael. Stop the rage. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Retro Blood. And we are finishing up our journey through these horror movie hotels. And we have landed at a all-star $7 trip. We have landed at the uh, Mountain Top Hotel. We have, uh, it's a rainy uh, day, uh, there's a lot of lightning. Um, I got a sweet BMW with one of them old school car phones. You know, the ones that you, you could plug in and you could talk. Uh, I found some two randomly country blondes I'm about to be picking up in my new car. And I'm going to bring them. And, I'm, and I'm, of course, I'm going to be t- pretending that I am a, a Colombian Records executive. Because I'm going to get me some of these hot blondes at this motel. Yeah. And we got over here, we have J.A. Allison. And he's... What's up, guys? He's coming from a hard day's work. He's just trying to have a nice brisky, but he gets he keeps getting attacked by these damn roaches. Yes. We are talking about the Mountaintop Hotel Massacre Brother. How'd you like your stay? I mean, how, how do you feel about our stay over here, Allison, at the Mountaintop Motel? It's about seven dollars to get in this thing. We got some creepy old lady. We got some bushes everywhere. We got we got this reverend guy who's drunk. How does it feel? You know, um, there was a few too many bugs, but wasn't bad overall. Yeah. I've had worse. <laughs> what a what a host. And you know what's funny about this one is like this would be a hotel that we would actually stay in. You know what I mean? Because we like yeah. the older hotels. You know what I mean? Like this one, it seemed kind of nice in the room, you know, besides all the snakes and rats and shit. I mean, shit, that shit is $7. Okay, if it's $7, we're close to a fucking wrestling or concert event. I'll take the $7. Yeah, there's some crazy fucking old ladies looking at me weird when I check in, but fuck it, who cares? You know, seven bucks in this thing. Exactly. Like I said, I've I've stayed at worse. Yep, yep. So everybody, we're, like I said, finishing up our journey. For these horror movie hotels, and boy, what a uh, what a journey this has been. So, let's just get right into it. Let's get right into our stay. Now, this movie is pretty interesting because it actually has three release dates. All right. So it has the first one was this one was open opened up in Louisiana, July fifteenth, nineteen eighty three, under the title Mountain Top Hotel. So, you know, me and Allison, we were talking before the show come up. This is, it's probably just played in like one theater. You, you know what I mean? Or like maybe during like some sort of like, uh, you know, 
Shreveport, you know, film festival or something during this time. Yeah, it was basically I'm from here and I made this movie, so everybody come watch it, kind of thing. Yeah, and it, at least I think. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're thinking, you know, because there's not a whole lot of like history of like what theater or whatever it was shown at, but you know, it, it probably gained a little bit of a following, a little bit of a buzz, because it was also released again in December 14th, 1984, under the title. You like this one? Horrors at Mountaintop Motel. <laughs> Yeah. So we gotta go. We gotta go straight with the mountaintop hotel. But no, we gotta make it seem a little more spicier. We gotta talk about the horrors that happen at the mountaintop hotel. <laughs> a little bit spicy. Yes. And then after it gained some more, um, you know, following, um, it actually gave. It actually had a wide release that was released on March fourteenth, nineteen eighty six, because it got picked up by New World Pictures. Um. Do you know anything about New World Pictures there, Allison? This I know a lot about New World Pictures, actually. New World Pictures was a independent distribution company. Um, it was started by Roger Corman, who was like a really, really famous low-budget filmmaker. He made a he 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 was responsible for for financing a lot of genre movies like um, horror movies and black exploitation movies and movies and detective movies that wouldn't couldn't get financing from mainstream uh, studios in Hollywood and he was able to make these movies and he was notorious for making them really really cheap and most of them were filmed in the same building like he owned a building in Hollywood that was like a lumber yard or something if I remember correctly hmm. and or it used to be a lumber yard and he just had this property that he could that he shot all these movies on Um. And he, he started the career of a lot of people like James Cameron uh, has his career basically because of Roger Corman. So does um, Jonathan Demme. So a lot of really famous directors. Um, I think John Carpenter worked with him early on too. Uh, but yeah, New World was like his his distribution company. So he made these movies and then he had trouble getting distributed because they were really low budget and they looked like it, but most of them are really good movies, but he, he developed new world so that he could, um, so he could, uh, get distribution, uh, get these movies distributed wide, which is what he did for mountaintop motel massacre. Yes. And it got rebranded mountaintop motel massacre under the new world pictures. So that's right. the name that we're keeping it at right now. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy how, and this is not the first movie that's gone through multiple name changes that we talked about on this podcast before. Um, so it's really interesting how they uh, change up, and I like it how they, because this is probably during the period of like '80s movies where you had to put massacre behind everything. You know, <laughs> they kind of had yeah, slumber yeah. party massacre. Um, uh, high school massacre. There's even a movie I found called Microwave Massacre. Can't wait to talk about that one. And I'm sure that's going to be on a show at some point. Oh yeah. Anyway. So the whole we mass- do the kitchen appliance month. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, you know, I I've always been a big fan of the massacre um, titles for horror movies. I even made my own called Corkscrew Massacre. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> It's on YouTube, everybody. Of, of course you I, did. I, oh, my God. I love it. 
So anything with the mask, I even did a, uh, I even did like a music video with um, some of these characters that I made for my, for my, uh, I have this fake band that I have on my YouTube channel. Um, they're called Infected Come. <laughs> they're supposed to be like one of those like, grand, you remember the band called Anal Cunt? Yes. They were trying to like copy them basically, but the, the band Infected Come that I have, they, they think they're like really good. They think they're like really good, like, you know, band members, their music is awesome, but it actually sucks, you know? So <laughs> one, of, one of the songs I put on there is called Massacre, so... Little, little side story but i've always been a big fan of the massacre um titles in films i just think it just sounds like you could just make it like anything it could be like anything you can have chair massacre you can have fucking uh uh big john stud massacre you know anything you know exactly <laughs> and i'm sure that's why they do it because back then especially when you didn't have the internet like if you put massacre on something that's how you know it's instantly a horror movie exactly and that you need to go see it yeah at first it was the the horrors all right, then now right. it's mass- now it's massacres, you know. So they back no, and forth. No, mad, yeah. So, but let's get into it. Let's talk about this release date. So we're not going to talk about all the release dates. We're going to talk about the release date that that all of us would probably would have saw this movie. You know, unless uh, me right. and Allison were like drunk on like Sh- uh, Shreveport one day and we just randomly walked into this freaking movie theater. I was playing this movie. We probably wouldn't have seen it. But on March fourteenth, nineteen eighty six, anywhere that we lived, we probably would have seen this movie because it was widely um, available. So, yep. do you want to go first talking about the music, or should I go first with the wrestling? You pick there, Allison. Um, you talk about wrestling first, and then I'll talk about the heavy metal in a minute. Sweet. I did hear you got a nice surprise for all of us, so I can't wait to hear it. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, mine is very interesting. So, it's not an actual event that we would have visited to, but it is something that we would have watched on TV at this particular time. So there's no oh, driving in the Trans Am to see this unless we were somehow part of the studio audience. So uh, listeners that know professional wrestling in the 80s might remember this program. For anybody that's not, I will describe this program to you. And Allison, I'll see if I can tickle your funny bone about this particular program. This program was Tuesday Night Titans, brother. Do you remember Tuesday Night Titans? Oh man, was that the Vince McMahon talk show? <laughs> yes, that was the fucking. Oh god, this... <laughs> I, yeah, I've seen a few of these. Oh my god, the fucking Vince McMahon talk show. This motherfucker think he was like, um, it was David Letterman. Okay, that's what he thought he was during this freaking yeah, show. Yeah, and the gimmick was it, the 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 show was on USA, but they always said, "Oh, this is the real TNT." You know, hey, we're on. This is TNT Tuesday Night Titans. <laughs> like, come on now, look at this guy. So basically, TNT was the WWF's like talk show that they they would have different wrestlers and different guests on there to hype up themselves and then to hype up like the pay per view and to hype up you know some matches as well. Um, this particular episode aired on March fourteenth, nineteen eighty four, and this was actually the build up to WrestleMania two, of all things, which WrestleMania two was definitely something. That was like when they they like filmed it in like three different like uh, arenas at once. <laughs> they had like yeah. a couple I matches where they here. Got the idea for that. Yeah. Well, where that did that was it? the Starcade? Oh, that, that, oh, they did that in Starcade. I forgot about that. Starcade was in three different locations one year. I think it was the same year actually, or yeah. maybe the year before. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so they were hyping up WrestleMania two. Yes. So this which at- was wasn't that Roddy Piper and. Um, Yes, Mr. Mr. T in a boxing match. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of what they're hyping up. So 
we begin. I watched the whole thing, by the way, because I had to see this no, thing. Because I haven't watched one no, of these I'm in sorry, forever. Man. It wasn't that bad. Like to be you honest put the with work you, in for this show for sure. Yes. So to be honest with you, like I don't mind Tuesday Night Titans because I do like interview section, uh, interview like formats with wrestlers because you you get to know a little bit more about them when you see them in different settings. You know what I mean? So mm. the Tuesday Night Titan would probably I probably wouldn't have watched it all the time, but if I knew that there were some guests I wanted to hear from, I probably would have tuned in. And then this one is actually it wasn't a too bad of an episode. Like it wasn't like the most exciting thing ever, but it wasn't that bad. So we start off with the Frunk the Frunk the Funk Brothers. Okay, we had Terry Funk and Dory Funk coming on in to sit on Vince McMahon's couch. And then during this time, we had a younger Vince McMahon who was the host. He was kind of like the David Letterman. And then we had a side person, Lord Alfred Hayes was the side yep. person. And this is filmed in front of a studio audience. All right. And the funniest part about this, so we were hyping up a match between the Funk brothers and they were going to be facing uh, Tito Santana and the Junkyard Dog. Okay, so that was going to be the WrestleMania match that they were hyping up. So we saw well, that like... That pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, man, I kind of want to see that shit in person because, listen, Terry Funk, especially during this time, that guy was awesome. Like, this guy oh, yeah. is fucking awesome. Like, he talks the talk. He walks the walk. His wrestling was great. He kind of reminds me, like, of nowadays, he kind of reminds me of, like, a pissed off, like, a pissed off heel Dean Ambrose or John Moxley. That's what he reminds me of. So, obviously, you know, a lot of wrestlers have took a lot of stuff from Terry Funk. But, boy, also, too, Terry Funk, he would have fit right in to fucking Motel Mountaintop Massacre. Okay? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's for sure. That's for sure. So yeah, the funk was great. So we saw little clips of Junkyard Dog and Tito Santana like um, facing, you know, uh, in a tag team match to see what they could do. And then you have like Terry Funk over there, just you know, giving some promos and shit. I'm not gonna go over like everything they said, but he, he did a really good promo. But the funniest part was like he didn't call his brother Dory Funk. He said, "Yeah, I got me, and I got my partner Haas." <laughs> <laughs> He was like, That's I got awesome. Haas over here. It kind of reminded me of like, you know how like WWE like, likes to change names? Kind of like what they did with yeah. Walter. You know what I mean? They named him Gunther. Like it kind of reminds <laughs> me of like that. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. Yeah, let's, let's mess with a good thing. Yeah, exactly. So th- th- this was, like I said, it was hyping for WrestleMania, which actually happened in April. So it was April 7th, 1986. It was when WrestleMania 2 would air. Uh, this is also talking about too, like, like T- Tito Santana was also the Intercontinental Champion, but he lost the championship to Macho Man. And then you just hear Jesse return like the whole time saying, "Yeah, Tito, he looks good without that title on him. He looks a lot better." Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, he was just burying him like crazy. Uh, so then we have more of Vincent Man. He was going over the card. You know what's gonna the matches are gonna happen on there. And then we have a Tito Santana interview. Uh, he's on the couch now talking about his match between Terry Funk and and uh, Haas. <laughs> and then we actually have an interview with Smokin' Joe Frazier. All right? And he brings out a fucking right. chicken that's dressed like Roddy Piper and he keeps plucking it. This actually happened. <laughs> All right? Wow. So the reason... Live uh, on TV. Live on TV. So the reason Smokin' Joe Frazier was in this because he is training Mr. T for the boxing match. All right? And then he's just out there because Roddy Piper, he, he, he's like making fun of Roddy Piper, especially with Roddy Piper having a skirt on. And then we hear a, a really good interview from Roddy Piper. And he has on his corner training him, uh, this guy named Lou, uh, Lou Duvo. 
he's apparently a very big boxing coach legend. I'm not, I'm not like super up on my boxing, but apparently this Lou guy was a really good boxing trainer. So mm -hmm. he was teaching um, uh, good old Rowdy how to box. And Rowdy was, of course, uh, doing some great prom promos, dissing Mr. T. So that was always a pretty like hot rival during this this particular time was the was the Rowdy Piper and the Mr. T. So also too like some of the language in here is like crazy. So you have smoking Joe Fraser making fun of uh, Roddy Piper wearing a skirt, and then like Roddy Piper is like he kept saying he kept calling himself the Great White Hope. I'm like man, you could not do it in his language nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And then we get uh, an interview segment with Jake the Snake Roberts. And this is like when, I guess, Jake the Snake Roberts first entered the WWF. And he was um, undefeated at this time. And he was just going over, like, his snakes. And we see, a, like, a match between um, Jake Roberts and some jobber. And he gives him the DDT. And they didn't even call it the DDT at this time. They just called it a reverse bulldog. So yeah, it hadn't been named yet, I guess, because yeah. he invented the DDT. Exactly. Supposedly. And then yeah. he was talking about his snake and why he uses the snake and why he talks slowly. Very good promo from Jake Roberts. He would also fit into uh, Mountain Top Motel Massacre as well, too. <laughs> oh, for sure. He'd be fucking drunk in that room. That's for sure. So he, yeah. and then he he talked about his snake, Damien, but he also talked about his new snake that he has in the audience today, Lucifer. So is that the Cobra? Yeah, uh, I don't think no. It wasn't a cobra. This one was like the the long the long yellow one. It was like yellow, okay, with, with like black stripes on it. So yeah, they uh, yeah, Jake was one of the best of all time. I mean, there's no, his I, interviews are great. He was, and he was good at everything. Like during this interview was like great. I'm like I might try to post it on the Facebook if I can find it because like he is just like he's like he actually has a backstory to his character, like. Because the audience was asking, like, why do you have the snake? Can't you get a date? And then Jake's like, well, why don't you ask my ex-wife about that, if I can get a date or not? <laughs> and then he just totally got this guy. And then the one guy was like, hey, why do you have a snake on your tights? It makes you look pretty. He's like, listen, man, the reason I got a snake on my tights is all about intimidation. You know, that's why I bring a snake out here to the ring, it's because of t intimidation. You know, if my opponents are, are paying attention to what's in this bag and not me, that means I have a leg up on them. I'm like, fuck, that's genius. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Brilliant. Like, the, yeah. it, it makes sense. You know, he's not bringing a snake just to be a, some gimmick guy. No, he's bringing there for intimidation because, you know, most people will be worried. Like, fuck, what is he going to do with the snake? They're not on their game plan. That shit makes sense. So, like, yeah. really good promo from Jake. I mean, my God. Like, it was just like, you don't see that a lot nowadays, too. Like, you don't see, no. like, the, the character depth part of that that I really appreciate during this interview. Yeah, you don't see the cer cerebral like um kind of the the real intelligent um promos that that Jake would do. Like he was like he was on like another level and yeah. like the whole thing about how he would, like he would talk really quiet like he he talked really quiet on purpose because people would have to get real close and listen. Yeah. And he said that and too. He would just kind of yeah, and he would just kind of whisper like almost whisper. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just, and it was just so, he's just so creepy and like intimidating and yeah, he's definitely one of the best of all time. Yeah. It's, and it's have you ever heard the story about how he named the DDT or why it's called the DDT? Um, no, I don't remember that one. Go ahead. Tell, yeah, tell the, the only, the only, what I'd heard was that it doesn't stand for anything, but he named it after, um, the, uh, rat poison. 
because like the DDT rat poison um, slogan was DDT kills rats dead. Uh. And that's why I called it that because it was just like a sudden like like death basically yeah. like once he gets that DDT on you it's over. Yeah, he did. That it was DDT the most devastating there. move for a long time. Oh yeah, especially when he did it to uh, I think it was Ricky Steamboat on the floor and he like knocked him out. Yeah. yeah. There's like there's so many classic Jake the Snake. But we we won't be done talking about him because he's definitely one of the top figures in the '80s, especially during the later '80s. Um, he was oh, definitely yeah. like definitely on his track. So, so we also had like kind of a boring interview with Ricky Steamboat too. You know, Ricky Steamboat is one of the best wrestlers of all time. Um, but you know, it's not the most intense interview that I've ever heard before. Mm-hmm. But you know, he had some good stuff. I did like how he teased a match with Macho Man, which would actually happen at WrestleMania three. But his match, he was piping up. It was against Hercules, Ricky Steamboat versus Hercules at this year's Wrestle. Hercules. At, yeah, at the uh, 1986 WrestleMania. So then we end with um, Big John Stud, which this guy came out here looking fly, like he had like this freaking nice shirt on, nice pants on, jewelry everywhere. Like he looked like a fucking crime boss when he walked out there. It was crazy. Oh yeah. Like he he he, and actually he's pretty good promo too. Like he was just sitting there all chill and everything. He was talking about all these people in the Battle Royal, all those like, you know, Refrigerator Perry and all these people he's going to beat up. He said he, he said he's going to put Refrigerator Perry, he's going to put him on ice. All right. <laughs> he said he's going to throw up all these guys out of the Battle Royal. The only guy he's worried about is Andre the Giant because he's the only giant that that's compared to him. And then we see like this really like weird montage video of like this athlete. Have you ever heard this guy called Rust Francis? no what sport is he in i think he was in like god i don't know what the hell sport they said he was like he was like in like i think it was like um i think it was an ex-football player but like he did all this other stuff there's like this weird like 80 it looked like something out of miami vice (laughs) for this fucking montage video that they did on him so but he's gonna be in the battle royal too um and then also too we have dick buckkiss he's gonna be the special referee for this battle royal happening at wrestlemania too so and then after that we just sign off and then that was the our tnt episode that happened on the day of the release of this mountaintop motel massacre movie so pretty actually pretty solid episode there's some cool stuff in there like i said tnt was kind of like a uh it's just like a talk show just to get some of these wrestlers over. They get some of their personalities over, which I can I can relate. It's kind of like, I guess like nowadays, like this would be a longer version of Talking Smack. You know, right, something like right. that. So, But was it on every Tuesday? Like it was on every week? Yeah, it was on every week for a while. Oh, wow. So they did, a, they did an episode every week from uh, Titan Towers, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, what I saw, yeah, it should be like on like, yeah, every week. So, they, yeah, they, I guess, you know, it's probably one of those things where they maybe, like, recorded a couple episodes in advance. Or, like, maybe they had, like, they split up their guests. They had a couple guests on, and then they saved, you know, they maybe did, like, two or three episodes at once. Probably one. Right. Sorry, something like that. So, but, you know, it's a pretty cool, sh- uh, pretty cool thing. You know, everybody, if you have Peacock, you can check it out. Tuesday Night Titans. It's not, like, super wrestling heavy. They show, like, a little clips from matches and stuff. But if you want to get to know some of these like wrestling personalities and stuff, it's a, it's not a bad show to watch. So I definitely would check it out while I'm sitting in the, in the couch uh, drinking a brisky, uh, or actually what our boy Bill would call the old crow the girl the old crow hell, the old crow hell. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, I'll be yes. eating my uh, sausage in a cup and the good old crow hill. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sausage in a cup. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you got for us, Allison, when it comes to metal? What are we going to be rocking out while we're going to be in our All right. I, this, this, actually, once I say this, it won't surprise you, but... On our way to Tuesday Night Titans or to see this movie, there is one thing, one cassette tape that we would be rocking over and over in the Trans Am, and it probably would never have come out for a very long time. But So this movie came out on the uh, 13th of March, I believe. So right before this, so 10 days before this, yeah. was the release on March the 3rd, 1986, um, one of the most important albums to me personally that has ever been released, which is Metallica's Master of Puppets. Oh, yeah. One of the probably Metallica in general has, I mean, I don't know how anybody could, could doubt, could, you know, throw doubt on the fact that they're at least one of the most influential heavy metal bands of all time. But Master of Puppets is probably their most influential album. I mean, that album is perfect. Yeah. I mean, if, if it, I mean, it's absolutely perfect. And I can remember, like, so in March of 1986, I hadn't heard this yet. Um, I don't I don't think I would hear it for another f- year, maybe. Maybe a year, or at least another few months. Um, because, you know, I mean, I lived out in the middle of nowhere, and the internet didn't exist. So I didn't, I wasn't on, like, the cusp of uh, what, you know, of, of, of the newest music. But Metallica was, you know unlike anything else at that time like there was nothing like that it was the heaviest thing i'd ever heard because i hadn't heard slayer yet yeah but it was the heaviest thing i'd ever heard like i didn't even know you could make music like that like it's hard to it's hard for people to hear that now and understand what it was like but like i i couldn't even imagine that you could actually make music like that i didn't even know it existed just how fast it was and just how heavy it was and just like really fast guitar solos from Kirk Hammett. Every song on it is good. Um, it's just, I mean, it changed music. It changed metal. It changed my life for sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of the best, uh, one of the, one of the best heavy metal albums of all time. And also that summer. So like two months later, they are like, well, they left on tour, like, you know, two weeks later, but later on that summer, um, they were almost my first concert because I wanted, because they were opening for Ozzy Osbourne and they were playing in the same building that we saw AEW in. Oh, okay. Um, Opening for Ozzy. The Bojangles. Coliseum. Yeah, exactly. And the Bojangles Coliseum. What was it called back then? It was just called the Charlotte Coliseum Hmm. because it was the only Coliseum they had. So they just called it the Charlotte Coliseum. And, uh, so Ozzy was playing there on the Bark at the Moon tour, I think. It might, it might have been Ultimate Sin. I can't remember which tour it was. It was one of the two. But I was a huge Ozzy Osbourne fan, and I really wanted to go. But um, And I think I've told this story before, but not this story, but similar stories where like my cousins are older, so they were going to concerts and stuff like that. Um, but um, I really wanted to go to see Ozzy, yeah. And then Metallica was opening, and that would have been amazing. But uh, my mom wouldn't let me. I was like in fifth grade or something. Yeah, huh. and she just didn't want. She just wouldn't want let me go see Ozzy Osbourne. Although I would see, I think my first concert, like maybe it wasn't too long after that. Maybe a year or two, I was able to go to a concert. But that would have been historic to see 
Metallica with Cliff Burton opening for Ozzy Osbourne. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd been pretty wild. Do you, ha- do you have any Master of Puppets stories you can tell? Uh, let's see. So I was a, I wouldn't say. I, so the first time I heard Metallica was when I was younger, and my dad would play it. All right, so I'm I'm pretty sure the one he played the most was Metallica's Black Album. Yeah. So that's the yeah. one I remember hearing the most from is that album, you know, with Enter Sandman, you know, all those tracks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that album. So sure. my dad pretty much only listened to that album when it comes to Metallica. Like, I don't remember him listening to anything else. It wasn't until I was, like, in, like, I think it was, like, freshman year of, like, high school where I had a friend. He was, like, showing me all, all these medals. You know, I'm all these medals. All these, like, you know, like, rock bands and metal bands and stuff. Yeah. Because when I was growing up, you know, first, so the first music I was loving was like Criss Cross. Remember that guy? Oh, he was awesome. Is that the guys that wore their pants backwards? Yeah. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, those guys were awesome. But I, I was like looking, listening to that, you know, like a, a lot of rap stuff, you know, like Bone Thugs and Harmony, Wu Tang, stuff like that. It wasn't until like my brother, he started to, um, he started to like get into like Marilyn Manson and Nine Snails. So that's when I started to really get into like more of like a heavier side of music. So like for a right. while I was only listening to like Nine Inch Nails and like Filter, you know, like those those kind of those type of bands. And right. but then I would hear every once in a while like my dad he would like play this music really loud like on his day off or whatever. He would play Metallica and he would play Sticks. So that's what I would hear that style of music from. And at first, like some of it I liked, but then some of you know some of it I didn't really like too much. But then some of it I did. Like when he played like Inner Sandman, when he played like stuff like that, I was like, man, this is some cool stuff. But I never like really like you know went into detail of like listening to Metallica until my friend showed me a bunch of other Metallica stuff, like you know their first album, Kill 'Em All, and then the, the Master mm-hmm. of Puppets album, The Ride of Lightning. So. Yeah. When he was showing me this stuff, I bought the Master of Puppets album. I was listening to it, and it was pretty fun. You know, I think I said it on here before. Like, I wasn't like the hugest Metallica fan. Like, some of their stuff is good. Like, but it's just not 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 super my mm. taste. But I'm more of like a Slayer fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the Master, you know, their first couple albums are definitely like very fun to listen to, very easy to listen to. You know, very heavy. You know, for that time, like, there's no doubt. That if Metallica came to town, like we would be in the Trans Am going to their show. You know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. it's definitely yeah. a rock. You know, those guys know how to play their shit. And to be yeah. honest with you, even to this day, I've never seen Metallica. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that they're in their 60s or whatever, there's yeah. probably not the same effect, yeah. but I wouldn't mind seeing them. Maybe we'll take the Trans Am to a Metallica concert if there's one convenient for us. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing what they're like now, but yeah, I saw them uh, for the first time on the Injustice for All tour, which was in 1989, I believe. Nice. Um, and I was I was still a kid, yep. but I had somebody to take me, and like you know, so I did end up getting to see Metallica um, pretty early compared to most people, I guess. But um, but yeah, so yeah, the Black Album that was like their mainstream. Out, everybody listened to that. So yep. that's like when to me, like when I started not listening to them because they they just weren't my band anymore. You know, they were just yep. they belong to basically they, uh, you know, they belong to like like there's definitely a turning point with Metallica. Like I can remember like in 1986, 87, being a kid riding my skateboard with my funny haircut and like 
you know, getting chased by rednecks because I listened to Metallica or wore a Metallica shirt. And then by 91, when Black Album came out, all those rednecks that tried to beat me up were all listening to Metallica. Mm, yep. And like you can see, there's obvious, there's an yeah, obvious yeah. turning point there where I'm just like, you know, this is like not my thing anymore. It's just not my band anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about it before on this show before. So to me, like Metallica nowadays has a reputation when you go up to somebody, hey, you know, do you, who really listen to? I listen to like metal and rock. Okay. Who's your favorite, favorite metal band? Metallica, brother. I was like, okay, you know, you're not a real metal fan. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much. Right. Exactly. Like, they're so mainstream right now. It's like, it's like easy to be a Metallica fan, you know? Like, there's so yeah, much like. Exactly. There's so much like other style music, you know, that Metallica has helped influence. You know what I mean? Like they they definitely get their they should get their recommend you know their their praise for being like one of the most top bands in the world. But to me, like there's always to me there's always been stuff that I liked better. I guess I I would say. So, but yeah, you know, but definitely like I mean, let's be honest. Like their first three albums were like rocking. I mean, you can't. Yeah. It, it just that's what it was. I mean, you're just partying, thrash, heavy to the bone. Like they like they definitely made that style of music popular, and they definitely influenced mm-hmm. a lot of bands. Uh, that particular style as well too so yeah we definitely yeah, I think it would, Trans Am doing that shit <laughs> for sure I think you would be hard pressed to find a heavy metal band that formed after Metallica that that wouldn't claim them as an influence yeah exactly and even nowadays you know we got like bands like yeah, Trivium I mean, especially, yeah definitely now oh yeah Trivium is like yeah. I mean you can see the Metallica blueprint in their music so funny story so um I was in a store at some point, like a comic shop, I think like a year ago. And um, the guy in there that was working was listening to music. And I was like, this sounds like Metallica, like, but not good Metallica, like Black Album Metallica or like Load Era Metallica mm-hmm. that I'd never heard. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I turned on Shazam and it was Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, wow. Oh, they're doing a cover? And I'm like, yeah, no, it wasn't a cover. It was like it was quote unquote original music, but ah, like, okay. um, but it was like I don't know which song it was, which album it was. I don't like that band. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I just I just don't like them. But um, I sent a friend of mine a text and said, "Listen to this song." I was like, "It sounds it's it's just Metallica ripped off." Like yeah. he even sings like James Hetfield in it. Like it was like I was like I can't believe this, but like you know, not only like that was just like. It just sounded like they were like, let's try to make an album that sounds like Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. It was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. It was the most ripped off thing I'd ever heard in my life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that happens. You know, like I said, there's there's such a, like an influenced band that a lot of bands would try to copy, at least the singing style and everything. The Crusade album that Trivium did, that's the one to me. Yeah. Like, they freaking just... <laughs> it was like, all, that basically sounds like a Metallica album in a way. A lot of the same riffs, a lot of the same everything. So, yeah, I can see like the little bit that I've been able to stand listening to Trivium. Like, it you can just see like the way they put their songs together. Yeah, sounds like like a Metallica almost. Like, it's hard to describe what I mean, but like their song structure is very Metallica like. Yeah. So, you got anything else in metal, or is that about that was the that was the biggest thing that I could that I could find and the most important thing. Nice. For well, sure. We'll definitely be playing some tracks from Master of Puppets at the end of this uh, show here. But um, before we get into the very exciting movie 
um, this is, I told everybody I was going to be doing a story uh, every every show about a haunted hotel that I have visited before. And yes. I got one more. So, uh, a couple years back, me and a couple of friends visited Austin, Texas. I think I told you guys about that trip. You know, last time I told you about, we actually stayed in the, well, I don't know if I said it on this show, but we stayed in the um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, um, gas station where they turned it into an extended stay. Okay. Mm, right. And we stayed there, had a great time and everything. And when we were in downtown Austin, we visited a hotel that has is a haunted hotel. It's called the the Driscoll. Alright. So the Driscoll over there is a very old school, like very classic, kind of looks like eyes wide shut, you know what I mean? Some like old school mm-hmm. like hotel. Alright. And we didn't stay the night over there, but we did go to the bar and drink a little bit. So that counts as me staying there because I went in there. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so, I, I, I'll count it. I'll count it. So this is like, this. the hotel is 130 years old. Okay. And it's, and it's reported to have a, um, an earthbound spirit, which is a spirit who has died, but doesn't realize that they have passed on. All right. Mm-hmm. And the story was, it was a, a child who met uh, a demise falling down a staircase while chasing a ball. So it's a, it's a, it's a kid who haunts this hotel. And apparently, right. if you stay in this room 525, that is where the most uh, haunted experiences happen in that particular room. So when I was there, we were just drinking some cocktails, brother, and hanging out with the locals. But pretty cool place um i did want to stay there one time just to see you know if we got any kind of spirits in there but anybody who's ever going to be visiting austin check out the distrill it's definitely a cool um hotel very classy style hotel um but yeah that's like one of my last stories of staying in a haunted hotel so not too much crazy shit has happened to me i haven't i haven't got a lot of spirits on me you know i I was probably more like our boy al you know what i mean I was like, I, I got to get me some babes over here at this hotel, brother. I don't care about no demons or snakes and shit. I just want to, I just want to get it going. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, but yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say to the history or should we get right into our stay? No, let's go ahead and get it right into the stay of uh, in Mountaintop Motel Massacre. Ooh, let's do it, brother. Let's get right into it. Far from the beaten path lies a friendly little inn. Where folks come from miles around. Hold on. It's so sad to be alone. Help me make it the night. To rest, relax, and make new friends. My name's Al. I'm Tanya. I'm Bill McWillie. Melvin Crenshaw. This is my cousin, Chrissy. Your relative? Cousin. Are you okay in there, Reverend? Sorry. Crenshaw, Evelyn. Tell your little wife I'll have the surprise for her. Where no one ever complains. You mean we got to go to bed after? We have to. And get my ass killed by some old crazy white woman? No way, Jose. Where people are dying to get a reservation. Hello? And any moment might be checkout time. I'm getting out of here. Hang on. Oh, 
is this? Any way to run a motel? You bet your life it is. Mountaintop Motel Massacre. All right. All right. So we start off the movie. Um, I always like it when I see, like, you know, the graphics. You know what I mean? Like how they do, like, their intro. You know, like, this yeah. says, like, Mountaintop Motel Massacre. And then it had, like, the massacre and the blood just dripping from it. I was like, yeah. I love that. I can appreciate that because I like to put some, some cool stuff like that in some of my movies. Um, So we get this, like, like still, like, the statement, basically. It says, um, uh, Arkansas State Mental Hospital, all right, Chambers, Evelyn, admitted July 13th, 1978, released January 24th, 1981. So, just like our boy Norman, our girl Evelyn over here has deemed to be fit for the world nowadays. But unlike yep. unlike uh, Psycho Two, where there's a whole big trial, uh, we just we just get this little still shot saying that she's released in this world now. But we know that this Evan character was committed for a couple years in a uh, mental hospital. So, yep. And as always happens in these movies, this, she's probably not okay to be released. Exactly. I'm, I'm just gonna guess. Yes. <laughs> we already know some shit's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> So we see Evelyn. She's doing what any other um, elderly lady would do. She's gardening. All mm-hmm. right. And we see like a, this like scarecrow thing. And this is when we see um, we see a girl in a bed who has a bunny and she's putting a noose on a bunny. And at first I was like, okay, this movie's starting off kind of hot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we found out that this uh, girl's name, this younger girl's name is Lori. All right. And... Mm-hmm. We see, um, we see a, a bunny walk in front of Evelyn, and Evelyn's like, "Lori, get this creature away from me and stuff, or I'm gonna s- slice it up, all right? Or no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ch- ch- chop its head off." And then this is when we kind of see in Lori's room. She has a bunch of dolls in there. She's holding this bunny. She's like walking around stuff, like being all kind of creepy. Uh, even though this room was like. <laughs> the funny thing like personally this room would be exactly how my girlfriend's room would look because she literally has like dolls candles and dead things around the room so at first i was like what the fuck's going on over here i'm not even lying too like she has like older dolls because she makes like these well she makes them she hasn't made them in a while but she made like uh dead babies you know that you can use for like decorations right. And she, uh, when we used to go to like Texas Frightmare a lot, she would collect. We there's like this uh, stand over there, where they would sell like you know dead things in jars, dead things where you can you know bones and uh, taxidermy stuff like that. So she would collect some of that stuff right. and have it in the room. Plus she has candles everywhere. I'm just like, what the fuck? This girl has all the same shit. <laughs> yes. I'm just like, I'm used to that thing. It don't bother me. So. We're, you know, we're beating on her, and then eventually Evelyn she gets angry at the bunny and chops up the bunny. So sucks, sucks for that bunny. Yep, sorry, bunny. So during all this stuff, she's uh, you know Evelyn's getting a little 
you know, like where the hell is Lori? And then Lori, she starts to, um, she's st Lori starts to talk to a picture of her daddy, and she's saying like, "Daddy, mom's sick again." Um, she, you know, like she starts like saying like she needs to like get better. Uh, so Evelyn's coming in saying like, "Hey, Lori, you better answer me and stuff." And this is when we get a weird part. So Lori's like in like this like it looks like a basement area. And she has like a goat there just like hanging out. Mm -hmm. And she has like a couple of yep. bunnies there hanging out. And then there's like candles everywhere and there's like dolls everywhere and shit. And then she kept going, I summon thee, I summon thee. <laughs> right. Well, you've got to have a goat if you're going to summon Satan, right? That's true. The goat looked pretty sweet. I was like, okay. And then fucking Evelyn goes in there and she's just acting crazy. She just like flips out. And she has like one of those, um, those nice, what is it called? A sickle? Um, the knife, you know, the little curvy knife thing. Yeah, yeah, sickle. Yes, yeah, yes. like our boy, the Russian sickle. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. I'm uh, Nikita Koloff. Yep. Mm -hmm. And she's fucking just chopping up everything when she starts getting pissed. So she's chopping up these bunnies. She's chopping up this goat, which I was really sad. And she's fucking just chopping up everything. And eventually, she chops up Lori. And then she realizes, oh shit, that sucks. <laughs> and then yep. she starts like looking at Lori and starts to be upset. This is when the police arrives. We have Sheriff over here. Um, his name in the movie was Sheriff. <laughs> okay. He didn't actually have it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, his name was Sheriff. His name was Sheriff. <laughs> he didn't have a name. So the, the actor's name is James Bradford. But this guy just one has Sheriff. Okay. So we got Sheriff over there. They're trying to they're trying to revive Lori, but then they pronounce her dead. We see Evelyn's all upset, and then we see this old fat dude. Uh, his name is Bill. <laughs> He's okay. I gotta say it. This is like a really funny part. So the sheriff's like, oh, "Here's your name." Whoa, my name. I'm revving around here. My name is Bill McWilly. Bill McWilly. Bill McWilly. What a name. <laughs> what a fucking name, Bill McWilly, brother. <laughs> and he's a preacher guy, so he's talking about all his preacher stuff. So then the sheriff actually looks around Lori's room and he's looking, okay, let's see what we've got in here. We got a couple candles. Okay, we got a couple dead things hanging around. We got a bunch of creepy dolls. We got a bunch of goat pictures on here. We have a picture that says Mountaintop Motel. Okay, this girl's probably a little psycho. Okay, gotcha. And then he goes to um he goes to the sheriff, like, hey, you know, so basically he's he's the sheriff is going to Evelyn saying, Hey, what happened here? And Evelyn is basically saying, like, uh, it was an accident in the garden, and that's why um that's why the daughter like eventually passed away, and then the the reverend's like, "Aren't you asking too many questions here, sheriff?" And then the the, the sheriff goes on saying, "You know, who are you, and you know what are you doing here?" So our boy Bill, the reverend, he is a friend of Evelyn's husband, his the husband had passed away, and he's staying in a, a room number three. And he's like basically staying here, but he didn't see anything that happened. He didn't see the whole incident at this time. That's what he told the sheriff. So, mm -hmm. so we're building up some of these characters in this little hotel. Uh, then we have a funeral for Lori. Um, and this is when we see Evelyn. Um, she thinks that everybody at the funeral is like, like talking like, hey, she did it. She killed her. We know she's crazy. We're going to send her back to the hospital. But they're not really saying that, but she is like thinking in her head that every, that's what everybody's saying. So this is also too when 
the sheriff, he's like looking around and he's uh, looking into uh, Lori's room. And uh, this is when we get Evelyn. She's like sleeping. So we're kind of like seeing that the sheriff is a little suspicious of Evelyn and her story of what happened to you. say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we, this is when we get Bill, Reverend Bill. He is now in his cabin and he is about to take a little nap here. But before he could take a little nap here, uh, Johnny, he is going to be bringing out some whiskey. All right. And he's going to be down some of this whiskey. All right. And hey, nothing then, wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, man. Just having a good old time. Uh, let's see. So this is when we see Evelyn. She makes a lot of, so basically the whole time we would see Evelyn during this part or the rest of the movie, she's making like the weirdest faces. Like she's just like, you could tell that she's triggered now. Like she is like disturbed oh, yeah. and stuff in her head. Yeah. Cause that's how you can always tell a disturbed person by their weird faces. <laughs> yeah. The faces that they make. So right. we have, so we actually have my favorite character. He is now checking into this hotel. His oh, name I is. I knew he would be your favorite character. Oh, he's my favorite. My boy <laughs> Melvin Crushaw. All right, a hardworking man, mm-hmm. just trying to stay at a hotel for a night because it's cheap. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, so he texts him. He's like, he's like looking around all his dead animals. Like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he goes up to like Evelyn. Like, are you open? It's just like, and Evelyn's just like staring at him weird. It's like, how much is it for a room? She's like, $7. I was like, fucking $7? Sign me up. Where's this fucking hotel at? I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought when I saw that. Like, I didn't remember that for the first time I'd seen it, but like, yeah. surely even in 1983, I think when this movie was Not, made, $7 yeah. for a hotel room. Yeah, hotel. Had to ass fucking cheap. Yeah. $7. So, anyway. So Go eventually, <laughs> um, yeah. So eventually, like he pays the seven dollars. Evelyn gives him the room. Uh, he's gonna be staying in room number two, all right. And then she just looks at him weird, and when he leaves, all right. And, and then we get um, Crucial. He's he's uh, getting his stuff unpacked. And then we have Bill. He's outside randomly, staring at him at all weird. And then like Bill goes up to him, and then um, uh, Crucial. He's like a nice guy. This Crucial is like, hey man, I didn't mean to disturb you. And Bill's like, hey, it's okay. He's like, to be honest with you, uh, I didn't think there was anybody crazy enough to stay in this hotel out here. It's kind of spooky out here. And then Melvin's like, listen, man, the reason you're staying here is creepy. I'm staying here because I'm broke. (laughs) 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 So, and then they start talking a little bit. And then we notice that it's starting to start raining a little bit. So they go inside the, uh, his room. And then, uh, Crucial is like, oh, at least it's dry in here. Because we hear some rain going down. And then he eventually asks Bill, like, hey, is there anywhere to eat around here? And Bill's like, hey, don't worry about it. I got some I got some old sausage and I got some crows over here. And then my boy Crucial's like, oh, yeah, I love me some fucking sausage oh, yeah. and fucking... Uh, sausage in a cup. Sausage in a cup and some whiskey, brother. I'm ready to drink <laughs> this down. <laughs> and then, like, Evelyn, she's not looking around all weird. Like, this girl this is just, like, out there. She doesn't have a lot of lines. But she definitely yeah. is, she does do really good facial expressions of her looking very, uh, like, concerned. And, and, and she's supposed to look like a like she's out of it right now. So. 
like her direction must have been he the rector must have just been like look just just look disturbed yeah exactly make weird faces gotcha okay <laughs> <laughs> so this is when you see a blue truck drive and it's a <laughs> uh, I hope I hope I hope you guys watch this movie because there's some parts in here that are pretty funny so we have this guy they, they don't say anybody's name so I just named this guy cowboy okay it's this blonde dude He's like a fucking cowboy guy. Um, let me see if I can even find his name. I mean, I guess his name is Vernon. <laughs> but it's, it's basically, it's a, it's a blonde cowboy 80s dude. Kind of look like my dad. And he's with this um, blonde girl. Okay? And they're driving. And this is when we see Evelyn. She is in her room and she puts a snake in her back. And, like, when she puts the snake in the bag, it starts, like, it's not a rattlesnake, but I think they wanted us to think it was a rattlesnake because in the song, there's, like, this rattling going on. Right. Yeah, it definitely wasn't rattlesnake that they used, but, yeah, it was. I think we're supposed to believe that it was. Yes. So, um, our boy, the cowboy guy, which I didn't really get his name, but, like I said, I think it might be Vernon. Because I'm looking at my notes over here and this, the, some of the notes I have, and yeah, there is somebody in the cast named Vernon. Yes. So he, so the he is now he just got like I guess Vernon and Lori they just got married, okay. So Lori is asking like, hey, what are we doing? Where are we going out here? It's like, well, I got us a hotel to stay at. I got it's called the Mountaintop Hotel, and she's like, a hotel. It's not even seven o'clock yet. And then he goes, Yeah, it's my wedding night. Yeah, so you get let it? that sink in for a minute. No, I get it. But let, that, let <laughs> us see this sink in for a minute. So, on your wedding night, you've got a hotel that costs $7. There's a reason, though. All right, our boy Vernon has a reason. Okay. And it comes a little later, but he's basically like, Listen, I don't got enough money for them fancy motel uh, holiday inns. All right? This is what you get, woman. You get this fucking hotel here for $7. That's what you get. <laughs> All right. Let's see. <laughs> you know, I kind of like the holiday inn. Yeah, um, yeah. That's not actually, it's a, it's a side uh, side side story there, but uh, I, do, I like the holiday inns a lot. Yeah, yeah they're nice. Um, so basically, they're driving and some dog scares them. All right? And then, like, they kept saying, oh, I'm not sure what I saw. I'm not sure what I saw. Well, you saw a fucking dog scare you. That's what you saw. All right? Mm, yeah. And then they said, like, um, and then, like, our boy Vernon said, yeah, I should be a stuntman the way I handle this car. And then he's, and then he's like, the blonde's like, <laughs> the blonde says something, Lori, and she's like, you talk too much, babe. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's see. And then we got them. They're driving to the hotel. Okay, so then when they arrive at the hotel, Lori is like, fuck, we're staying here. And then our boy's like, listen, I don't got enough money for them holiday inns. I can't afford that. And then she goes, and then they start looking at each other weird. And he's like, listen, I'm sorry. And she's like, oh, it's fine. It's all right. Just go check in. So Vernon goes to check in. He's talking to Evelyn. Of course, Evelyn, she's looking all, she's like in fantasy land. Like, I don't know if they had her like, they're like, hey, what I want you to do to act crazy, I want you to be on LSD. Okay, so if you're on LSD, maybe we'll get more facial reaction of you looking crazy. 
<laughs> so she's just looking wild. And then like the guy goes like, Vern's like, yeah, I got me married today and uh, and I'm gonna be taking the wife in the hotel. And she's like, and then Evelyn's like, oh, well, here you go. Here's here's a room, I forgot what room they were in, like number five, uh, and here's a candle. He's like, oh, a candle. He's like, yeah, just in case the uh, the power goes off and stuff. He's like, it's all right. I don't think I'm gonna be using a whole lot of lights. Oh, okay. So our boy is ready to get some, uh, <laughs> yeah, ready okay. to get some action. All right. Yeah, right on the nose there. And then after he says that, then Evelyn, she's just looking angry. So okay. All right. So let's see. So now we have like, like Evelyn. Uh, oh, and then also also too, when um when Vernon was leaving, Evelyn did say like, "Hey, I got a surprise." waiting for the bride in the room okay so then we see mm -hmm. evelyn walking through the basement so basically there's all these rooms there's a couple cabinets and then we have a basement area that is linked to, to every cabin all right and she is down there now walking through there and for some reason there was some like x-files music going on did you catch that <laughs> yeah i saw that i noticed that yeah the, the weird the weird x-files music yeah, it's like some alien music in there i was like what the fuck is going on so the couple, they go to the room. All right, we see that Evelyn put the snake in the bag. So we have a Jake Roberts reference. See, I told you mm -hmm. he's in this movie. Snake in a bag yep. into the room. Um, the 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 blonde Lori, she doesn't really like the room. All right, but surprise, um, surprise, because it costs seven dollars. Yeah. Anyway, but our boy is like, hey, don't worry about the room. Let's just get naked and let's get this going. All right, and then yep. we see like the snake is getting out of the bag and he's kind of creeping through the room. All right. So, our, we're back. We have Crushaw and we have Bill. And they're talking about Bill, um, how long he's been a preacher. Um, and then Crushaw then is saying, I don't see a lot of preachers drinking. And Bill's like, you know, whatever. I drink all the time. And then uh, <laughs> and then Crushaw goes on saying, like, you know, it's crazy how... This is actually pretty like relevant to today nowadays. He's like, listen... The the reason I'm staying in this place right now is because ever since I was 16, I always had steady work until right now. Right now, it's crazy. So I was like, oh shit, that actually kind of like reflects nowadays. You know, a lot of people probably had very steady work for and then for unless the past couple of years. So right. and he and basically what um our boy Kusha did, he was a hardworking carpenter guy. So he he built a lot of stuff. And he had like his old truck with all his carpenter stuff. And he's basically going through town and he's going through looking for some work around different right. areas. So Yeah, he's like traveling around trying to find carpenter jobs. Yep. So and then Bill's like, okay, I'm about to turn in. So he's about to leave the room. So this is when we get our two country girls and they are singing in the car and it's a red car. And boy, when I first saw them, I did not know where this was gonna go, but I'm so glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the best part of the movie. Yes. These these three characters we're about to talk about. Yes. So and then they're also going on, they're trying to like ask for like the closest motel. So this is when we see um this this character. He's in like a BMW type of car, and he had which is probably pretty rare back in the day, but he had a cell phone within his car. But it's not like how yeah, we have a, nowadays. No. He had a car phone. Yeah. Which I'm not really sure how car phones work. I should probably look that up because it's kind of interesting. But yeah. I think it's, but yeah, it's like they a probably just use more of those little satellite things or something. 
Maybe. Maybe. It may have worked like a satellite phone or something. I, I don't really know. Yes. So he is on the phone with the secretary, and he's like, hey, it's about to be raining here. I really don't want to be stuck in the rain. Can you search for the closest motel? All right. And then she says, yeah, I found one. It's off Highway 71. It's called Mountaintop Hotel. All right. Then they start making jokes about it and stuff. And then he's like, she's saying like, yeah, it's a very cheap style motel. And they make some more jokes. All right. And then now we see that it's raining. And then we see these two girls, the two girls that were in the red car. Somehow like they like crashed her car or something. And they're just like standing out in the rain, like waving their (laughs) hands. And it's so funny too, because they have like white shirts on and like jeans. And it's like, okay, we know, we know what we're doing this. We know what we know what we're doing in this scene. <laughs> they got those wet t-shirts on yeah yeah we know what's happening yeah yeah we know what, we know it's coming next so okay <laughs> so it just so happens that our boy al he is driving by and he is trying to be a good citizen by picking up these two country red uh, blondes because he probably yep. saw like okay we got two blondes out here it's raining and their titties are definitely uh in uh, going through their white shirts so he picks them up yep so let's be uh-huh. a good citizen. Yes, to be a good citizen. And then he's like, oh, you know, getting out of the rain stuff, and uh, he's driving everything. And then he's going on saying, like, okay, you know, gotta get your girls out of the rain. Out of the rain. You know, I'm going to this motel. And at first, the one blonde's like, I'm motel and everything. And then the other blonde's like, okay, it's okay. Listen to him. So they start introducing each other, okay? So the guy in the car introduced himself as Al. All right, and then we have mm-hmm. one country blonde whose name is Tanya. Okay, and then she introduced her cousin, and I swear, Allison, <laughs> I swear, like I had to rewind it twice. I had to get my girlfriend to tell me what this name was. I swear, she said, "Oh, this is my cu- cousin, Pussy." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Pussy? That's your fucking cousin's name is Pussy?" I was like, "Oh shit." Like, what a fucking crazy name. Like, Puss or whatever. Like, <laughs> But her name was Prissy, okay? Prissy. It's, pr- it's Prissy. I yes. swear the fuck she said Pussy. I was like, okay, I see. What, is this a porno we're watching over here? Is it one of them 80s? Uh, <laughs> it's getting going. But anyway, we have Whoa. we have Tanya and we have Prissy, okay? And... <laughs> And then our boy Al, like he's driving and he, and then they ask him like, oh, what do you do for work? He's like, well, I actually work for uh, Columbia Records. You ever heard of it? Mm. And they're like, oh yeah, I love, yeah, I love this girl Debbie off there or whatever. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm actually in town. Like, uh, you know, I was actually in town to do some talent searching. And they're like, oh shit, we can sing. We've been singing all this time in the car. He's like, oh yeah, well, I guess when we get back to the hotel, why don't you just like, you know, audition for me she's like oh we really can he's like yeah yeah i always take new auditions you know oh yeah i was like boy the old i'm a record producer gimmick this motherfucker works every time every time and it works now oh god every single time i was like boy this motherfucker about to do a casting couch what (laughs) else okay we have a fucking 1986 cast casting couch i was like damn our boys he's doing it (laughs) oh god yeah okay this is a pretty good line, too. So now we're back in the hotel. We have Vernon, the cowboy. He is horny. Like, he is ready to get this this fucking... He, he he married this girl, and he's ready to get some fucking. All right? And he's like, hey, I can't stand it. And, of course, 
um, Lori, she wants to make it like special. She's like, oh, I, she's like, listen, <laughs> she's like, listen, Vern, this can't be like in the backseat of your truck. We're just like a one second. We got to make this shit special. <laughs> okay. So, hey, Vern, you got to hold your horses. And then, and then Vern's like, my horses are not the thing that needs holding. <laughs> Man, this script is fantastic. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I, like at this point, I'm like, fuck man did i write this movie <laughs> there's like a lines i'd be putting in this thing and then like after he says like hey i gotta hold my horses that's when he looks over and then he gets fucking snake bit in the face and then she starts freaking out i forgot about that <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about the snake bit that was like a big part of it he got snake bit right in the face and then he starts beating yeah, i remember that, that now it's been he got snake bit in the face that was fucking great <laughs> yep and then, um, and then when we see Al when he's driving into the motel, we see some lightning. It hits a tree and it blocks off like the 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 one road that connects to this hotel. So the power's out now. And then there's a big like tree that blocked off the uh, the, the the exit, the entrance and exit way to this hotel. All right. Yeah. So the plan is that Al is going to get a room. And he's going to let the two blondes stay in the same room as him. And he's going to let them audition. And he's doing them a big favor by helping them get out of the rain and going to be an audition. So Yeah, they're so they're going to be so grateful. Yes. So uh, Tanya, she's all for it. But Prissy, she is a little skeptical. Yeah, she's the smart one. Yes. So, and also, too, it's, it's funny that it says, like, Tanya's like, oh, shit, I left my wallet in the car. And I was like, it's okay, just stay with me. It says, yeah, you can, uh, you can, you can audition with me all night. I'm like, this motherfucker, he knows what he's doing. So, he gets a room, and he's now talking to uh, Evelyn, Alice, and then they, they have a weird conversation. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then, <laughs> so he's like, Hey, over here. Hey, did you realize there's a tree that went over there when the power's on and everything? Oh, okay. Oh, there's a candle? Okay, I'll li- li- do it. Thank you, and have a good one. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Here's a, here's a candle. Everything's uh, fine. And then... I mean, the room only costs $7, right? Yeah, exactly. And then when he's getting there, um, Al, he gets he gets um, bombarded by Lori saying, Hey, my husband just got bitten by a snake. Uh, can you can you get a doctor? And I was like, hey, I can't like drive him to the hospital or anything because there's this tree blocking the road. But I have a cell phone car. I will call a doctor on my cell phone car. And she's like, okay. I said, just go right back up there. I'll make sure I can send somebody to go to help him out. So Alice, he's kind of a nice guy, even though he's he's uh, being a little bit of a player. He is a, a nice guy. So now uh, Al goes back to the car. He drives the blondes up to his room that he got. And he said, hey, you two go in there. I got to make a phone call because somebody got snake bitten. But don't start without me. Okay. Don't start without me. So Al calls. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say because he's thinking the two cousins are going to like fuck each other without him. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's ready. He's ready. So Al, he calls a doctor, but they, they can't, like, they have to, like, um, tra- they have to, um, um, they have to put the call to the sheriff. All right. And the sheriff, yeah. he's at a bar. He's like this, like, freaking bar, speakeasy bar or something, just drinking away. 
and sheriff. Uh, he leads yeah the sheriff yeah he he sheriff, like sheriff. yeah sheriff sheriff our boy sheriff that's the same <laughs> i like you know you know what's funny too like every horror movie has a sheriff it can't be like just some normal cop or whatever it has to be a sheriff the town sheriff and he has to be involved with everything the town sheriff does so well well yeah i mean that that makes sense though i mean yeah if you're in this rural rural area it's the sheriff it's gonna it's going to uh, to yeah. come to come to most situations. And I almost wrote down Al's number, but I didn't get the whole digits. All I got was eight seven eight two two three eight. I was like, "Fuck!" I would have got that and called that shit and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, yo, is this Al?" He's like, "Bro, I'm a big <laughs> fan. Like, when you try to get those two dumb blondes to fuck you, bro, that was great. And then, bro, you had your tidy fucking blue pants on. You're ready to fuck, weren't you? Like, let me know. Like, that was a great plan. I was rooting for you." <laughs> and then and then he got oh, well, we'll talk about it but then he also got one of them to like him after he fucking did it anyway I, I know I know yeah, ultimately <laughs> so so basically you know Al he put that call in saying hey we got a snake bike victim over here we need somebody to get out here as wide as way as we can and he's like okay I'm off the phone I'm ready to go fuck alright <laughs> and then like they go into the room the, the two blondes are shaking and everything he's all like here uh, put these on I got some warm clothes for you alright <laughs> So then, the blondes they go into the 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 bathroom. They start changing everything, and we're noticing that Tanya she is she likes out. Like she's like, okay, this is our big break. He said he worked for Columbia Records. He said we're gonna audition with them. I know I'm a pretty good singer. You better not fuck this up for me, pussy or Pris, whatever your name was again. Okay, like, and then Pris is like. Listen, I think he might be like not like true for nothing. She's like, don't worry, but I'm gonna take chances. Tanya's like, I'm gonna take chances. All right, he, he could be lying. He could not be, but this is my big break. I'm gonna <laughs> fuck this. Chance. I'm gonna fuck this fucking crazy dude. And this fucking owl guy, he's pouring some scotch. He's like, "Hey, ladies, you want some scotch?" <laughs> uh, Have they? When's the part where they actually? They've already done the part where they sing for him, right? Uh, that's coming up. So, okay, all right. Yeah. So then, Al, after Alice pouring scotch, you know, they go. Uh, Tanya goes, and they go back into the to the bathroom and stuff because, um. Well, they're talking to him during this time, you know, he's like pouring a scotch and he noticed that they, they were just getting ready and they were talking to see if, you know, they, they could do the audition for him. Okay. So, so this is when we see uh, Lori, she's trying to comfort Vern because of the snake bit and she's saying that she's doing pretty good. Uh, we have Evelyn, she's reading Bible stuff for some reason. <laughs> and she goes to Lori's room looking all weird. And then she grabs a doll and she puts a doll head with a bunch of bugs in it. All right. This is when we have my boy Crenshaw. He's just trying to, he's just trying to be a nice guy and doing some good sleep. <laughs> and then Evelyn just puts a bunch of roaches in his room. Okay. And there's like bugs all over him. And then like, he like wakes up and he's like flicking them all off. He's like fucking roaches. And then he looks around saying, this is truly a roach motel. <laughs> <laughs> Motel. like this this is the part that really got me because like okay i understand the snake because yeah. the rattlesnake would poison somebody and kill them but like yeah what's about the fucking why, roaches <laughs> right why is she using all these random animals like there's rats she's using she uses rats at one point yeah but they don't kill anybody they just he, they just get annoyed by all these like <laughs> like rodents and exactly. bugs that are crawling around the motel like was she trying to like, get him out of there or something? Like I'm, I was kind of. I don't know. I don't. I didn't understand. The only thing I can think of is that it's just, it's just 
it's just creepy and it would creep people out yeah. if they woke up and there were cockroaches on their face like Crenshaw did to, or uh, uh, McWillie did. So, um, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of is I don't I don't know. I thought that part was really freaking weird too. So this next scene is probably my one of my favorite scenes in this movie. <laughs> we have Tanya and we have Prissy and they are now singing to a shirtless owl. <laughs> and like I was like this this is going to go where I think it's going to go. Okay. Yeah. So and then during this time the sheriff was also trying to call back um Al's phone. All right. Mm-hmm. And then we have the uh, the blonde, she's taking care of the cowboy and the cowboy is like like he's going off into space because the venom's starting to hit him. All right. So also too during this time um after we after we see the the cowboy kind of like fade off a little bit the sheriff's like hey i can't get a hold of that uh snake big bite him but i know he's at the you know we know that it's at the motel i'm just gonna go head to the hotel all right so now we know the sheriff he's on his way to get into the hotel mm-hmm. so help is on the way okay so now al he is listening to their singing all right, and then the the blondes are singing something like "Through This Night," you know, will we make it through this night and stuff like that? And they sound like fucking just like some country bunkin' freaking yeah, singers over here. <laughs> yeah, they're singing. Um, they're singing. Um, um, "Help Me Through the Night," which is Chris Chris Christopherson song, I believe. So Al, that's what they're singing for Al. So this is what my boy Al says. Okay, I got. I'm so excited. He's I know like, you're ready for this. Oh my god, I love it. He's like this. He's like, listen, girls, you guys sound. You girls have potential, okay? So what I see over here, you know, we get you some more training. We send you out to Tennessee. No, we send you out to Nashville, Tennessee. We will let you work with some top people, and I see a lot of talent in your eyes. And then you know, there are girls like, oh, for real? Uh, Tanya's like, oh yes, you think so? He's like, yes, you girls actually have some talent, and. You know, like I said, what I'm going to do is after we're done over here at this nice hotel, I'm going to send you up to my agency. We're going to get you some training in Nashville, Tennessee, and we're going to see we're going. And Tanya is so excited that she jumps on him, and she starts hugging mm-hmm. him. And then my boy Al, with like the best line in the movie, say, he looks at Pris and says, it ain't going to be a solo album, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. This fucking guy. I was like, oh, shit. I was getting excited for him. I was like, yeah. My boy over here, that's a great line. Oh, he's trying to do that menage a trois, brother. Like, he ain't playing around. He said, I pay seven bucks. I got some random chicks in here and it's raining. I'm ready to go. I got some blue underwear on for some reason. That's super tight. I'm ready to go. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's funny, too. Album, is it? <laughs> oh, my God. That line was so great. He's like hugging her and looks at her like, that could be a solo album, isn't it? And then, of course, Pris, she looks at him and she's all pissing. So she goes to the bathroom. I was like, fuck, okay. that didn't work. I was like, I would have said that exact same line. I was like, come on, yeah, man. How could that not work? How can how that, could not, that work? not work? <laughs> oh, my God. That was the line of the night. I loved it. <laughs> um, So then, like, Tanya is like, oh, she goes into the bathroom. She's like, hey, what's wrong? And she's like, listen, I just don't really, like, trust this guy and stuff. Like, how do we know he's telling the truth? And then Tanya's like, and then, like, you know, Al, he's listening to all this stuff, like, when he's, like, in his blue underwear near the door. Uh, and he's Tanya's basically saying like listen like I'm not sure if he's telling the truth or not but I'm going to take a chance you know I'm not going to go through life 
and not take a chance. And then Prissy's like, I just I don't know. I, like, I think he's just trying to sell his stuff to get in our pants. She doesn't really say that, but you can tell she's hinting that. She's trying to, he's just saying all the stuff to get in the pants. Yeah, you don't say. Yes. <laughs> so, and then this is when Evelyn, I mean, Tanya comes back. And then he comes back and they start making out. And then my boy Al's like, hey, uh, I didn't want you to catch a cold out there. I was like, oh, yeah, he's ready. That scotch is going through him. He's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And yep. then uh, Pris is in the bathroom. And this is when we get our first Evelyn. She is raised up from the from the door, uh, the little hatchet that's on the bottom. And then she starts slicing up our girl Pris. So Pris has uh, been chopped over here. And then we see a little bit of blood. So she's our first victim. Um, Tanya is worried. She keeps asking for Pris. Our boy Al's like, "Eh, come on, don't 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 check on her. Let's let's get this going." <laughs> and she's all like, yeah, "She's not. She's probably fine." Yeah, she's fine and stuff. And then Tanya's like, "Oh, I just don't want to be, you know, alone. I just want to go check on her." Okay. And then when they go, when Tanya goes check uh, check on her, Al uh, she sees some blood in there. She starts freaking out. And then Al comes in there and he looks at the blood and stuff. And then Tanya's like so worried, like she is like super upset now. And I was like, listen, like I got to go check to see, you know, what, you know, what's going on here. And I, they, they couldn't understand why, how she disappeared and stuff. But I was going to go check on some different rooms to kind of like warn people what's going on over this place. And then Tanya's like, she doesn't want to be left alone, but now he has to leave. All right. So this is when we get Crenshaw. He is now like, he, uh, He's at, like, Crenshaw's kind of like outside, and they both, Al and him kind of meet together. And then Al is telling the, Crenshaw, Crenshaw. Uh, Crenshaw. Yeah, Crenshaw uh, and Al, they meet together, like, because Crenshaw was outside. I guess he couldn't sleep because of all the roaches. And he's meeting Al, and then Al was telling him about what happened in the room, saying, like, hey, there's some blood in there. Now we have some missing girl around here. All right. And then he, and they're kind of like, you know, they're getting kind of worried. So now Crenshaw was telling Bill about what Al said. And then, um, so Bill's all woken up too. Now this time, uh, Bill is sleeping. And this is when we get a bunch of rats in his room. Yep. A bunch of rats. Because we have roaches and now we have rats. Yes, we have rats everywhere. And of course, like, he was like dead asleep too until his ratchets got on to him. And all his rats basically woke him up. He's like, how the fuck did rats get in here? And this is when we have Crucial. He comes into, into Bill's room, telling him what's all happening. And he said, like, hey, we should probably just get out of here because there's some weird shit going on. And then um, Bill wants to go meet up with um, uh, Crucial in, in his room. But before he, before he can do that, we see Evelyn, and she has taken her second victim, which is Bill, and she starts cutting him up. So. So yeah. now. So now she's killed two people. Yes. So we have two people gone right now. So we hear a knock at the door. Tanya freaks out. All right. And it's Al, and then Al's calming her down some more now, too. He's basically going over the plan with her. Um, then this is when our boy Al, he now spills the beans. He's like, hey, I, I got to tell you something here, Tanya. I'm not a real record label producer. I'm actually a guy from Memphis who does advertising. <laughs> and then she, Tanya's like, oh, man, so you're lying this whole time? Oh, <laughs> I'm my so God. Oh, I'm so God. I'm so yeah. yeah. Okay. So well, surprised. I mean, you yeah. was lying. Yeah, you were lying. Oh crap. Okay. <laughs> so she was like, 
Oh, I feel like, okay, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have uh, Vern over here. He's tripping out some more because he has that venom in his veins now. All right. And this is when we see Khrushchev. He ain't staying in this room no more. He ain't waiting. <laughs> he ain't waiting for Bill no more. He's saying like he's tired of his bullshit. All right. They got fucking people running around here. We got snakes. We got roaches. We got people running around here trying to hurt each other. I ain't dealing Knocking with this shit doors. no more. I was like, I don't know why I even stayed in here. Oh yeah, I know why I stayed in here because it has a crapper. The fucking <laughs> truck don't got no crapper. <laughs> It has a crapper. That's a crapper. So he goes take the shit. All right. And while he's taking a shit, he notices the 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 floor hatchet come up. And he's like, oh hell no! And he slams it down. And he's like bolting it. <laughs> so our boy here yeah, is a smart one. Because there's like uh, trap doors or whatever, like yeah. little hatches in the in the floor. Yeah. Where she goes through the yeah through the through the tunnels underneath the hotel. And this is when we get the sheriff, he arrives, but he notices, oh shit, there's like a fucking tree here and I can't get past it. Okay. So we got, now we have um, Khrushchev knocking on, this is a funny, but this is like, not a funny part because it's so quick, but I thought it was kind of funny. So Khrushchev, he knocks on the reverend's door. He looks in, he sees a bunch of rats and blood. He like, you you see him open the door, you see blood, you see rats, and then you see him just close the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't need to know what is none of my business. What's going and then, on? And like, there. there's a funny line he does too, where he just goes up to Al. I mean, this happens like a little bit later, but I just I had to say it. It's just so funny. He goes up to Al. It's like, I was like, okay, we gotta get out of here. We gotta go. We gotta go get Bill and all this Reverend stuff. He's like, I can't get Bill, man. He died. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah, like yeah, he got chopped up. He's gone. All right. Uh, yeah, we can get Bill, man. He died. <laughs> Oh, God. I don't know why that sounded so funny. Okay, so let's see. All right. So now, um, now, um, we're in Alan's room. Okay, so now Khrushchev goes to Alan's room. He goes in there. He he goes in, and then he goes to the where the trap door is in there, and he bolts it down. And he's saying, like, hey, this is how the person's getting here because each of these rooms have these trap doors in different parts of the room. So he hammers it down. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this is part where Al, he is like, oh, man, I want to warn the others. And then and this is when Khrushchev's like, yeah, Bill's dead. <laughs> he says, like, and he's like, yeah, Bill's dead. And I think it might be that old lady doing it. <laughs> might be. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go looking for her. All right. And, um, and then, like, you know, then this is when Al, he is going to... Um, Al, he's he, Al is now telling Tanya, who's like completely panicking during this whole time. He's saying like, "Hey, I think we found out who's doing this. We found out how he's doing this, and we're gonna go find her." He's like, "Don't leave me." He's like, "Well, I got to again." All right. So now Al and Mel, Mel, um, Crucial, they go to the office. They start looking around the girl's office. Uh, Sheriff is trying to get around the tree some more. We, uh, we this is when we see Al and we see Crucial. She's looking through Lori's room. Um, let's see. They they hammer another door down, and now Al has a plan. All right, his plan is like, listen, there's no cops here. We can't get out of here. There's a tree blocking the road. We got two dead already. We got one guy with a snake bit, and we got this girl freaking out. We have to get this old lady before she gets us. Freaking yep. my boy Crenshaw is like, listen, 
I can have some crazy old white woman, crazy white woman, chop me up. So why can't we just have the police come down there and look at it? <laughs> because Al's plan is to, um, he's going to go back to one of the rooms that they haven't bolted up yet, and then they're going to stay right there, and they're going to meet up in the middle down there in the basement, like the little like cellar, to try to trap mm. Evelyn. <laughs> yeah, but, what a great plan. Yeah, break break plan. And I was like, I ain't getting my ass kicked, killed by some crazy white woman. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got here. All right, so then they, they come up with that plan. He eventually agrees to it, and then Al, he leaves the office. And he says, hey, be ready in about like like 30 seconds or something. Okay. So first, Al, he checks on the young couple. Um. And then this is when we see the sheriff. The sheriff has finally got around the tree, so he starts walking around a little bit. Um, so the owl goes into the young couple. He talks to Lori, saying like, hey, we figured out who's doing these murders and stuff. I just want to ball up your door, and we just want to make sure, you know, you guys are okay. And I I got some help on the way. Um, I, I told the sheriff, so he should be here pretty soon um, to help out, you know, your boyfriend, make sure he's still going to be, you know, alive. And then she thanks him and he leaves. He says, don't, don't answer the door. Don't answer the door to anybody at all. But then right when she locks the door, Evelyn is behind Lori. And she starts slicing her up. And yep. then after she's done slicing her up, we see our boy Vernon who can't barely move, pleading and stuff. And then he eventually gets sliced up as well too. So our young new married couple, uh, is, is, uh, they probably should have stayed at the Holiday Inn because they have been destroyed at the massacre motel yep by this by the sickle by the sickle the russian sickle okay so now al is back into the room that Tanya's at he's like listen we're gonna trap this girl this old lady down there in the cellar what i want you to do is i want you to go in my car lock the door she's like ah oh, you don't mm-hmm. leave me he's like just go in there and lock the door if i'm not back in five minutes drive off and then if you if you drive off and you're stuck, just start running. Okay. All right, so now we have... Sure. Yes. So now we have Al and we have Crucial. They both go down the hole. And of course, uh, is like, oh shit, this has been more than 30 minutes. Like, he doesn't think it's a good idea. So Tanya, she's in the car. And then Tanya uh, starts screaming. So when we have like a l- very long scene of like Al and Crucial kind of like looking around. There's like spider webs down here. It's very hard to see and stuff. And they keep calling for each other. Like Crucial saying, Ow, Al, where are you, Al? And then for some reason, we have Tanya in Al's car screaming for Al. Like nobody can hear her. <laughs> okay. Why are you screaming for Al? <laughs> All right. Um, and then eventually the sheriff, she finds Tanya. Tanya tells her what's every, what's going on. She's saying this crazy old lady is killing everybody. And she is freaking out. She's like, she killed my cousin. She's killed these other pieces. And she's all, and then the, the guy's like, have you seen Evelyn? Where's she at? She's like, Evelyn's probably in the basement. And so the sheriff starts going down to the basement as well. All right. And then when the, the sheriff is down in the basement, we see all these like dead bodies. We see, when he eventually sees a bunch of dolls and a bunch of dead bodies, we eventually see Pris's dead body. All right. And then mm-hmm. Evelyn, she's like hiding throughout everything as well too. And then... Um, 
what we see is I see our boy Crenshaw. He's like kind of looking around a little bit, and he eventually puts his hands down because like he didn't trip, but he's like kind of like putting his hands da- his hand down, and then eventually Evan slices up his hand. He starts freaking out, and then eventually Evan slices up his throat. So our boy Crenshaw, he is uh he is the next victim at this yep. mountaintop motel massacre. My boy, my good old hardworking boy, they got him. Damn it, they got him. Yep, chopped off his hand and slashed his yeah. throat. And then when the sheriff was looking around, um, the, the evidence about to attack the sheriff, but then she was going to use the Russian sickle. It got stuck on a piece of wood, and they start having a little bit of a scuffle, and eventually the piece of wood falls off, and eventually just cuts her on, right on the throat after the piece of wood falls off after the little scuffle. And then the sheriff yeah, goes the, up The there. beam falls. Yeah, the beam falls on her, yep. Yeah. And then eventually the sheriff goes up there. He, he talks to Tanya saying, like, hey, she's dead. Okay. <laughs> Everything's fine now. And then Al appears randomly out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> Tanya's like, oh, you're alive, Al. Great. Uh, let's get out of here. So they leave together happily ever after. Okay. Um, Those are not the two that I thought would survive this. If yeah, I know. Tanya but... and the fucking Al. Okay. And yeah. then it's a really weird, weird moment, too, because um, they're all leave. We see some doll on the floor. And then, like, the police... The sheriff's car gets stuck for a little bit and then we see the ghost of Lori appear for some reason and then the police car leaves and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the vacancy sign lights up. And the vacancy yes. And that yeah. so yeah, so like there's like a ghost element that's not anywhere else in this entire movie no. except for the last like five seconds. Yeah, like what why why what what did what did Lori's ghost do? Like did she even like <laughs> We didn't even get like hints of her talking to Evelyn. Like we know Evelyn went right. insane because she accidentally killed her daughter and she had some like, you know, crazy moments, but there was no presence of Lori actually pushing her to do these murders. Like some like you know, some movies will have like this very soft tone voice and stuff that like makes her go insane by hearing her daughter dead daughter's voice or something, but we didn't get any of that. Or maybe, like, you could have had throughout the movie, maybe the ghost of Lori was trying to help them survive her psychotic mother. Yeah. But there's nothing like that. It was almost like it was just left out of the movie or something. Like, it was... Because, you know, at the very beginning of the movie, like, Lori could have not even been in this movie and it wouldn't have made any difference. Like, you know, you have her her killing Lori because she thinks Lori's a Satanist, which which she is. Yeah. I mean, mean, that's the only thing I can think of is she's trying to summon Satan for some reason. And um, then at the very end, she shows up, uh, you know, as a ghost uh, out of nowhere. Like it makes it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. There's nothing at all. Yeah. It's astounding. Yeah. Just like, it's just there. (laughs) Right. When I saw that, I was just like, do I need to watch this again? Did I miss something? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It's not there. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, we got her at the end. Okay, she's trying to conjure up a spirit to help out her mother because her mother was crazy. And then mm-hmm. the mother killed her, and then we didn't see her again until the very end. Okay, gotcha. Yep. <laughs> so, well, everybody, that has been our final stay this month at a horror movie hotel. And boy, what a month has been. What a what, month. What a month. Staying in all these different haunted hotels. We've had everything from snakes to blue underwear to uh, to psychos making us some cheese sandwiches to mm-hmm. some farms with people 
heads popping out of them. Well, we had everything to some snowy uh, cabins with some uh, talking about dirty secrets. Boy, what a month it's been. What a month it's been. It was, been an, incre- it was an incredible month. We Dang. saw, we watched classics like Psycho 2 yes. and Mountaintop Motel Massacre ah. and Ghost Keeper, which was basically half of a movie and then uh, made up half. Yep. Um, yeah, fantastic. Fantastic month. And don't forget about Motel Hell. Started off a journey Motel as well. Motel Hell, too. yeah. Yeah. With this, I'm still trying to figure out how he got that pig head on, how he could see. But, uh, you know, <laughs> yep. it's one of his last mysteries, I guess. One of his last mysteries. But everybody, the train keeps rolling over here for Retro Blood because next month, it's going to be the month of love. February, oh, baby. Yeah. We're going to be doing all, we're going to have a love theme for February. All about horror movie love. Horror movie love. It's going to be fantastic. We're going to talk about all kinds of fantastic, um, lovey horror movies. And there's a lot of them out there, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I think, Allison, if you you let me, can I pick out the first movie? I would love nothing else. Okay. It's It's up for you to pick out the first movie. You should have that honor. Yes. All right, everybody. Next week... Here on this program, we are starting off our love of February and our love of horror movies because we are going to be doing Sorority House Massacre. Another massacre. Another massacre, brother. I told you I love them. Now, this is actually kind of like a collection part because there's a couple other Sorority House Massacres and stuff, but we're doing the very first one. Okay. The very first sorority house massacre. And I know you guys are thinking, well, why the hell they're doing this sorority house? Are they ever talking about love? Apparently, in this movie, there is a connection between the killer and one of the uh, victims. So Ooh, I have actually never seen this movie, but I've been wanting to see it for a long time. So it should be fun. And I think it's in the same year that we just reviewed Mountaintop Motel Massacre, where we're continuing our 1986 year over here so everybody join us next week as we talk about sorority house massacre i can't wait allison it's gonna be fun yeah i can't wait it's gonna be fantastic and all his 80s glory all right (laughs) now allison before we head out of here do you have anything to say about the month of january any closing thoughts anything before we get on out of here no i would say it's just been a cold cold january yep and I'm ready to be warmed up with the love of February. Oh, yeah. What a month it's going to be. All right, Allison. What song by Metallica, Master of Puppets, are we going to be taking everybody out with? How about The Thing That Should Not Be? Ooh. All right, everybody. Retro Blood. This is The Thing That Should Not Be. Check us out next week. Sorority House Massacre. Our February edition. Check us out. Because we'll be riding up into these sorority houses talking all about it and check us out on the facebook page where we have some extra stuff and let's rock out to some metallica brother we'll see you guys later see ya